So it's not Lane Giffen. It looks like it's Hugh Freeze. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into a very special live edition of Locked on Auburn. Reports coming out Saturday morning that it appears that Hugh Freeze will be Auburn's next head football coach. We'll talk about it. I'm Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. It'll be just me for the first few minutes. Lindsey Crosby, friend of the program and writer at Auburn Daily. He'll, uh, he'll join us in a few minutes, I believe, and maybe Charlie Five as well. But Lane, uh, Lane Kiffin. It's not Lane Kiffin. It's not Lane Kiffin. After all this drama over the past week, that's almost a bigger story that it's not Lane Kiffin than it is Hugh Freeze. I think both of them have similarities. I think both of them have, I think both of them would have been great hires. Hugh Freeze was my third choice on my wish list, right? Lane Kiffin, I've been very clear. I think Lane Kiffin should have hired, uh, should have been the guy two years ago and said it was Brian Harson. I thought it would be him this time. Uh, a lot of people did, and I was wrong on that. So, Hugh Freeze is the guy. Um, there's a lot of different opinions on this. Look, I think Hugh Freeze is a good football coach. I do. And I actually think from a fit standpoint, Hugh Freeze makes more sense than Lane Kiffin does long-term. My big issue with all of this is Hugh Freeze, to me, there are some characteristics. I think he's really similar to Gus. I think there's some of what he does is similar to Harson too. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm going to bring in Lindsey Crosby now. Thanks for hopping on on such a short time. Absolutely. Uh, what a crazy morning. Uh, I called you as soon as I saw the news. You threw up the story at AuburnDaily.com. Look, I think we both agree. Hugh Freeze is a good coach, right? He, he's won everywhere he's been. Some people will kind of point and what he did at Ole Miss and say no, but still had a 10-win season at Ole Miss. That was one of the biggest arguments for Lane Kiffin. If you can win 10 games at Ole Miss, imagine what you can do at Auburn. It's like, I don't think that's necessarily an argument against him. And that's what a lot of anti-Hugh Freeze people are saying about him is they're using his Ole Miss resume against him. I don't think that's valid. I don't think it's fair. What he's done at Liberty has been impressive. He'd meet Arkansas with a Liberty roster where Auburn could not. So, I mean, th- those are kind of the, the positive things about Hugh Freeze. I mean, he he's one of three head coaches that beat a Nick Saban coach team in back-to-back seasons. I don't believe that's something Gus Malzahn ever did. And he did it at Old Miss. And so, and then when you look at Liberty, his time at Liberty, I, I want to say his record, I don't have the exact numbers here, but it's something like 25 and three in G5 matchups. Like games that he should win where theoretically the talent is equal. He's won almost every single one of them. And for Auburn fans who saw this Auburn roster play down to a to an Arkansas or play down to a Mississippi State or play down to a Georgia State, things like that, that has to be appealing to you is that games that he should win, he has won. Yeah. Um, Peter's asking, didn't he beat Bam with Bo Wallace? I believe he beat him with Dr. Bo, Dr. Bo Wallace. So mm-hmm. I think that's right. 
I think that's right. Look, Hugh wanted the job, right? And, and that was kind of something that we heard throughout this entire process, Lindsay, was how badly Hugh Freeze wanted the job. And it was kind of, you know, messaging beat writers and, and Auburn people like about the job. And it was seen as a bad thing. And it's weird, like how we how badly he wanted it. Weird in the sense of like he let people know. You know, usually head coaches are so like reserved and don't show a lot of emotion and don't, you know, lean their hat one way or the other, right? Um, but I don't know if that should always be a bad thing, especially the way, you know, the Auburn family is what it is and Auburn people love Auburn and all of that. Like, I don't know if that should have been seen as negative as it was, but here we are. The thing that people weren't discussing a lot outside of small circles with Lane Kiffin is Lane Kiffin was very much not that kind of guy. Lane Kiffin very much would have been here as a mercenary type of hire. He would have come in, taken his money, coached on Saturday, and then eventually left. Uh, Lane Kiff- I don't think I've ever once heard Lane Kiffin say hotty toddy. He came up with his own saying versus just saying the thing that they do. Hugh Freeze is going to do all of that stuff. Hugh Freeze is going to show up to basketball games and to baseball games. He actually tried, like, back in college, he tried out for his college baseball team. He was a baseball player first. and so, Of course you know that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, University of Southern Mississippi, 1990. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he's going to show up to the events. He's going to do the War Eagle. He's going to do the stuff like Bruce does where he takes pizzas to students and does donuts with, with Hugh and things like that. Like, he's going to do all of that stuff. And – He's going to be here for a while. And that's what I like is that this search has been so, I'm not going to say chaotic, but having covered this from the inside now, I can see how crazy it's been back and forth and so much uncertainty. With Hugh Freeze, provided this works out, this could be a 10-year type hire versus uh, Lane Kiffin would have been, I don't think he spent more than three years just about anywhere he's been. Yeah, right. So I'm seeing a lot of people in the comments and we're seeing this in message boards and our discord and and Twitter and all that. Hugh Freeze's name is tied to a bunch of stuff that happened a long time ago, right? A bunch of unfortunate things. Mm -hmm. And look, I'm not going to tell you guys what to say or what not to say or what to think or what not to think or what to feel and what not to feel. But watch the end of the Arkansas game where they beat Arkansas and his family was there before anybody else hugging him loving him, sharing joy in that moment together. It's very clear that his family has moved past this stuff. What, who, is, who, is it, who are you to say what his family should be feeling, what he should be feeling? I mean, all of that. So I, 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 that's a weird – I think it's a little bit of a weird hill to die on if, if that's why you're anti-Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze was third on my list, Lindsay. It was Lane – Dan Lanning, Dabo would have been top three. I didn't really ever buy that the Dabo stuff was real. So like, I just didn't put him on the list. And then it was Hugh Freeze for me. He, he was third on my wish list, if you will. So like, I think that's fine, right? Like, I think we all knew that this was an option. Mm-hmm. I think we all saw it as a potential backup plan. I'm looking forward to getting more information, like how much of it was a backup plan, how much of it was this is who Cohen and company wanted. I was... I heard a few things about like, okay, the deal with Kiffin was like the deal breaker was buyout related. And I don't know if Auburn told him one thing. And then once they finally got to where they were ready to negotiate, it was different. I don't fully know 
exactly all those details, but it sounded like Lane Kiffin was interested and it sounded like Auburn had the contract ready to go. And then when they met, it just didn't, it just didn't line up. That that's what I'm hearing as of Saturday morning. Yeah. And coming to Auburn means you're for the most part, if you're the head coach at Auburn, you're probably not going to succeed Saban at Alabama. That's probably not going to happen, but there is precedent for schools to make different buyout rules for coaches. If you're going to go to coach at, at Alabama, Dabo Swinney's buyout is 1.5 times bigger if he goes to Alabama. So I don't know if Auburn tried to do that. If Auburn tried to put a larger buyout than he wanted or did something where say, if he wanted to try the NFL again, uh, he did have a buyout. A lot of college coaches don't have a buyout if they're going mm-hmm. to the NFL versus another college job. So not quite sure the mechanics there. Like you said, interested in finding out more. I've put a couple feelers out asking people what, what the hang up there was, but ultimately, um, like you said, this could have been a parallel track. This could have been a, a fallback option. Either way, the only two things to really not love about the Hugh Freeze hire is one, the off-the-field stuff, which was seven years ago. And arguably, people can change in seven years. Uh, or two, um, the fact that it got so far along publicly with Kiffin before you make the deal with Hugh Freeze. And I think that may, like you said, end up being yeah. more on Kiffin's end than it was on Auburn's end. I, I, I want to get more info on that, and, and we promise we will as we drop shows every single day this time of year on Locked on Auburn. And we'll, we'll have stuff at AuburnDaily.com as well. So, yeah, I, I have no issue with Lane, uh, with, with Hugh. I got to get out of the habit of saying Lane Kiffin. Hugh Freeze. <laughs> I have no issue with Hugh Freeze as the coach. There's, there's a lot of belief that he's going to be able to recruit at a high level. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little more skeptical about that than, than a lot of people are. We'll have to wait and see what exactly happens and how that works out. I think we will learn very quickly with the current state of college football, which is fine, which is great. Um, my biggest thing is the PR stuff. Like, once this is all done, like, I don't think it's going to look good, right? And then there's also the element of not only you have to deal with, with public perception – it's my understanding, Lindsay, and I think you've been told similar things. Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, do, I don't think he wants Lane Ki- uh Gosh, why am I doing that? I don't think he wants you freeze in the SEC as a head coach. Like, that's just the vibe that I get. So I'm interested to see what that looks like. Yeah, and I would be very interested to know how much conversation John Cohen has had with Greg Sankey about if this were to happen, is this something where we're not going, this is not going to be held against us? Because I don't necessarily think that the SEC has a formal blacklist where they could block this, but the SEC absolutely could make Auburn's life difficult if they were unhappy about this. Whether it came to scheduling, whether it came, I mean, just all kinds of little things that could make Auburn's life difficult. And I know in the past, people have come, and talk to Hugh Freeze about different jobs in the SEC. And supposedly he voluntarily turned them down. And from what I have heard a little bit, haven't got a ton of confirmation on this from what I have heard. Part of that was because he knew that Greg Sankey wasn't ready to let him come back into the conference. So his attitude changing towards this Auburn opening versus the last Auburn opening two years ago or anything else uh, makes me think someone, whether it's Freeze, Cohen, somebody knows something about how Greg Sankey feels about this. 
I think ultimately we're not going to get Sankey's never going to come out and say, yeah, I'm, I, I hate the fact that they hired Hugh Freeze, but I think we'll get some indications rather quickly how he feels about it based on what the schedule looks like next year, based on some of the other things the SEC office controls. That's, that's the big question here as far as the conference is concerned for me. I, I'm seeing a lot of people saying that he was awful. I'm seeing a lot of people saying that he's a better coach than Kiffin, which um, could be true. I don't know. I think you definitely trust that he's more likely to be here in five years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people saying that in, in the chat that he is likely to excel recruiting with NIL. Uh, that's and, technically what he was doing when he got in trouble at Ole Miss. The issue is nobody else technically was, right? Yes. And so, yeah. like, it gave you the upper hand. Now, I think Auburn's going to be able to have a little bit more NIL money than a lot of its competitors, which is exciting. It'll still give them the upper hand. That's my biggest concern. I, I believe from an X's and O's standpoint, I think he's great. Mm-hmm. I think what he can do with quarterback – I think Robbie Ashford and Holden Garner should both be very excited about this news. It's the – I have more questions about his recruiting than anything else. Yeah, and uh, on the note of Ashford and Gariner, he took Malik Willis, who Auburn could not use. Gus Malzahn could not use Malik Willis. Malik Willis transfers. He took Malik Willis and put him into the NFL as a high draft pick. Now, part of that was Malik Willis understanding some things had to change and and making some personal changes, but part of that was Hugh Freeze being an offensive mind. Uh, I, I am very interested when it comes to recruiting, I think, some of his assistant coach hires, especially on the defensive side of the ball, are going to be crucial towards that recruiting piece. He hasn't been – Liberty is technically in Virginia, so it's technically the South, but he hasn't been in the Southeastern Conference footprint now for a while. And so having a strong coordinators and assistant coaches who have been recruiting this area heavily, as well as the good state of our NIL, depending on the hires, I could feel okay about recruiting. I just – again, I need to know – uh, who they're going to be, and then I need to know the NIL can help. But so, there's at least a reason to like it there. So Christian says Malik Willis' stock dropped. He was supposed to be a first-rounder. Well, he was a first-rounder at the end of the season because what he was doing in Liberty's offense was so explosive and exciting. And then, as any top player does, you go to the senior bowl, you go to the combine, you do all these team workouts, and he wasn't as accurate as he thought. And so, like, that's an argument for Hugh Freeze. Because all of a sudden, it's like, yeah, within the confines of a system, you look elite. That's that's what we want here. That's exactly what we want here. And that's what you want Robbie Ashford to be in. That's what you want Holden Gurner to be in. You want to be in a system that allows you to play better than you actually are. Like, that's that's the whole point of coaching, a good scheme, right? I mean, for the longest time, you saw all these Bama guys go to the league, and they didn't do anything. Now they're starting to get to the point now where they're able to because the NFL's adapting their offenses better. But that that's not a take like that's not a good argument i don't think what are your thoughts on that Lindsay? did roger mccreary's stock drop because auburn he wasn't good at auburn or did it drop because his hands were considered to be too small yeah he, i mean he got yeah his measurements throughout the whole you know car wash of, of the draft process absolutely exactly you know malik willis when the bullets were live we you know when when Maybe that's a bad euphemism. When when it was game action and not uh, practice in 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 shorts and a t-shirt, Malik Willis looked like a first rounder. That is what you want if you're a fan. You don't care, like it sounds terrible. I don't care what they do at the combine. I don't care what they do at the pro day. I'm seeing what they do on the field 
uh, in-game competition against quality opponents. That's what I'm scouting. And so Malik Willis dropped because he didn't look as great in workouts. But on the field, he looked like a first-round pick. And he was considered a first-rounder based off of what um, Hugh Freeze schemed him up to do at Liberty. That's what I'm looking for Yeah, as a fan. To, to the folks saying hire Dion, I don't think that was ever real. Yeah, I think that was a fan thing. They, Auburn may have spoken with Dion quickly at the very start of the process, but I don't think Dion was one of the coaches that interviewed. Like, I, I don't think that was ever real. I, I apologize. I, it's exciting. Dion Sanders would be really, really exciting, but I don't think that was ever actually an option. There so. is also some concern about he had a preparatory academy, like a, like a, a private high school or so that is there's now an investigation behind academic issues and things behind it. I don't think in the end he's directly going to be implicated in anything, but because that is out there, there has been a lot less, a lot of universities have been hesitant to go forward with Dion in the hiring process because of that. And so when that stuff started coming out, I think that meant even if Auburn would have been serious about Dion, you weren't going to be able to do it because of that. So Dion, for multiple reasons, is not really an option. And Auburn fans have to understand that. Let's well, spend a second talking about this. Cameron Cole says Auburn will be in the playoffs every year after expansion, right? Playoffs going to 12 teams. I recorded a, because I'm traveling and stuff. I recorded just because I wouldn't be able to do something like this. Something, us responding to as if Lane Kiffin has been hired, right? And a big chunk of that, was Charlie Five and I discussing what this means for the college football playoff as it's expanding. And we felt really good about it. I don't know. Does it matter? Like, is Auburn always going to feel like they're a top 12 team most years as long as they have, like, a somewhat decent coach? Like, does Hugh Freeze help us get to the playoff more than a Dan Landing would or a Lane Kiffin would or really any competent coach would, or do you think, do you think this is true? What Cameron says um, about Auburn being in the playoff every year after expansion, as long as you have somewhat of a, a respectable coach, or do you think it, do you think it needs to be an elite coach? I think if you have a respectable coach that can recruit to the level that Auburn should be recruiting as well as good with X's and O's, you should be in you should be threatening for a playoff spot after expansion almost every year. Uh, now, I think that on the margins, Hugh Freeze can help you in specific games, but a big part of college football, as much as we love the idea of a schematically great coach, so much of football is not X's and O's, it's Jim's and Joe's. And it all comes back to recruiting. And if Hugh Freeze can recruit at the standards that Auburn historically has been able to recruit to, which I think he can, based off of his track record of putting guys in the league, even from places like Liberty, uh, and ability to, to step up and make a difference coaching in big games, like beating Saban twice, then I think Auburn can threaten for the playoff spot every year. There will be, there, you will have something to play for going into the Iron Bowl, going into November, unlike this year and last year, where you were, in essence, out of it already by midseason. Right. I want to jump into Thamel's report on this, Lindsay, in just a moment. Real quick, I'll tell you about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. It is the best way to get in on the action. If you're watching games today, it's not too late. Go ahead and uh, whip out your phone, download the free Underdog Fantasy app, and get in 
on the action. And the fun thing is, if you are a Locked On Auburn listener, which obviously you are, if you're here, you can sign up with promo code Locked On, one word, L O C K E D O N. An underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Your deposit $100, get $100 free. So get in on the action today. Underdog fantasy. So Thamel tweets early, not early, the Saturday morning, says sources, Auburn has been in discussion with Hugh Freeze for weeks about him becoming Auburn's next head coach. They won't make a former offer until after the Iron Bowl, but they've informally discussed contract numbers with him for more than a week. So the wild thing about this is there's a lot of people. Hugh Freeze is pretty accessible to the media. I'm curious to see how that changes over the next few weeks. Once he, once he, uh, if he becomes head coach, which it certainly seems like he will at this point. I'm curious to see one that is, but he, he, he handled this really well, like behind closed doors. I mentioned on my most recent shows, like I've got folks close to freeze and like, they're not hearing this. They're not hearing this at all. And like, I got played. I got played big time. And, and, and I'm not the only one, right? Most people had Kiffin for a reason. And a lot of it is because Freeze was like, yeah, I'm not hearing anything. So props to him, right? Because like if, if, if everything is so true that clearly he wanted this job and for him to kind of keep everything close to the vest, props to him on all of this. I've heard reports that there were people – uh, whether it was former players or media or whatever, who were kind of stumping for Hugh Freeze. And he reached out to them and said, hey, like, I I, I appreciate the passion. You know, I, I don't need you to do that for me. You know, I'm focusing on coaching my guys. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make Liberty successful and win out the rest of the season. And so he, he made his point known to the people where it mattered. And then he's not going nuts, tweeting, retweeting random things like Lane Kiffin is. Uh, and he's been quiet about it. He's handled it well. I will say, if Lane Kiffin, you know, not Lane Kiffin is not coming to Auburn, I've had tweet notifications turned on for Lane Kiffin for about four days, and it's been the worst four days of my life. I can't imagine doing this for a year, for a couple seasons. He's yeah. on Twitter way too much. Uh, I mean, whatever. I love it. I think it's great. Yeah, but- I mean, it's great. But you win Twitter, but it's 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 stressful. And I like the fact that Hugh Freeze is going to come in and coach ball. And he's going to show up to stuff. He's going to go to golf tournaments and he's going to show up to baseball games. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I do too. And, and that's what made Bruce Pearl, you know, kind of went over the culture at Auburn. Does the head football coach need to do that? Probably not at Auburn, but you're definitely going to win points for it. And I think that's why Gus was um, loved and still loved after he left, despite, you know, every, the way everything ended. But on the Pete Thamel note about the yeah. offer, you know, and, and, talking to to Hugh Freeze. Part of the reason why there would not be a formal offer for Hugh Freeze, and we have not officially hired him yet, is because it does have to go to the board for approval and things like that. So, you know, we're waiting until after the Iron Bowl. And part of that is because once we've verbally kind of agreed with his representation, like this is just the logistics of how this works. Once we've agreed with, like, this is the parameters of the deal, we have to actually vote on it internally. And they're committed to waiting for, for the Iron Bowl so that Cadillac Williams can um, can have his final, you know, his, his final game as interim head coach, pending what happens with the bowl game before they go out and officially offer Hugh Freeze. But you can have conversations with agents. You can be in agreement verbally as to what the deal is going to be. So kind of explaining the timing of this and logistics. Even though he's verbally agreed, if he has, 
it's not done until the board votes on it and we give a formal written contract. Yeah. A few people speculating why Lane isn't leaving Ole Miss. From the Auburn perspective, I said this at the very beginning, a lot of y'all have joined since then. It sounds like buyout was a big part of it. And I don't know the order in which things happen, but it sounds like everybody was good on terms and all of that. And then it became official. And it's like, all right, we're getting there. Here we go. And then I don't know if Auburn changed the buyout or if the Kiffin side of the negotiations wanted a larger buyout than what was previously spoken. I'm not sure which is which, but there was a disconnect about the amount of what the buyout should have been. And so maybe he was using that just to get out of it. And then, you know, he he turned around and he's like, all right, I'm sticking with Ole Miss. I I don't know. I don't know about all of that, but it sounds like, because, because you talked about the, uh, the, uh, the process of getting everything approved to the board and all of that, that had happened. Yeah, with the Kiffin deal, which leads me to think that that's that was Plan Plan A, and now Hugh Freeze is Plan B. I'm not reporting that; I'm speculating of that, but right. we'll see. Yeah, and and more of the speculation stuff here. I don't think anything Old Miss did changed the calculus here. I don't think the extension from Old Miss changed the calculus. I don't think the NIL money they supposedly raised, which I think they need to probably differentiate between pledges and cash actually on hand. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think any of that changed the calculus. I think this was entirely um, Lane Kiffin and Auburn having a disagreement. Like you said, something about the buyout, whether it was the amount, whether it was the structure, who was and was not allowed, things like that. And so happens, John Cohen pivoted, went to the next choice, and we're going to get that done. And I'm happy. Have you seen a number for Hugh Freeze's deal? Because I have not. I have not seen a a value of what the deal would be. Now I know the new deal he just signed at Liberty. He's making right around five million. So it's like I'm, right under, right? Yeah, it's like right under five yeah. with the escalators every year. It'll eventually be over five. If I had to speculate, complete speculation here, I would assume it's probably going to go up to about somewhere between six and a half and seven million. That's which, that's which Harson kind of was six. Harson was six a year, right? Exactly. Yeah. Harson was at six a year. And so my speculation is it would be somewhat over that, but a lot lower than what you were talking about for Kiffin. Cause the speculation for Kiffin was top five coach money. They were talking about, I mean, it could be 10 and a half or 11 million a year for Kiffin, which would have been top five in the entire country. So I'd assume, I mean, maybe seven and a half, but I don't think it's going to be significantly higher than that. Yeah. And so you do have a little bit of extra money available there that you can put into a larger assistance pool. You can put into facilities or whatever else it may be because you're not dedicating that to the head coach. I wonder how attractive it would be to be a coordinator under freeze. Does that move the needle at all? I think Kiffin it does. I don't know if it does for freeze. What are your thoughts on that? I think Hugh Freeze is going to call plays. I mean, we know that he called plays from a hotel, from a from a hospital bed at Liberty. He's going to call plays, and so I think somebody who doesn't have play calling experience, there is value behind the idea of uh, coming in and and being an offensive coordinator, getting a promotion to offensive coordinator under Hugh Freeze, because you get the ability to have more input on the game plan, and you can kind of see. <laughs> 50% Black Friday discount. You can see, that's a good one. You that can see uh, how 
the flow of a game calling goes and have input without having the stress of doing it yourself. And then there are coaches, especially in bowl games, where they'll let uh, you know coordinators or other guys underneath them call plays in a different situation. So I, this is pure speculation. I could see a scenario where Cadillac Williams is considered for the offensive coordinator role. Uh, Hugh Freeze will still call plays, but it's a way to give Cadillac a promotion, get him more involved in that. And then there's opportunities there where he can focus on in specific situations, calling plays and learning that if he wants to continue developing his career to eventually be a head coach. Pure speculation, but I can see a scenario where that happens. Now, a guy that is currently calling plays, like a Jeff Grimes, I don't think it's appealing for him to come work under an offensive-minded head coach like a Hugh Freeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And the D.C. side of it, do you get the impression he's the kind of guy where, like, if he hires the D.C., he's like, all right, you're the head coach of the defense. Go get him, boy. Like, Do you, do you get that impression at all? A- or do you, Absolutely. You that is, so, so that's probably an appealing gig, maybe. Yeah, that is a more appealing job because, in essence, you are – you know, it's it's similar to how, and this is going to bring up bad feelings, Robert. It's similar to how Gus Malzahn treated Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele, this is your defense. You recruit that side of the ball. You coach that side of the ball. This is all yours. I'm an offensive guy. Hugh Freeze, from what I understand, works similar to that. They're like, this is, I'm an offensive guy. You run the defense. And so there is a certain level of, of appeal to a defensive coach who maybe isn't necessarily ready to be a head coach, yeah, but can do a lot of head coach-like functions with one half of the team by coming to Auburn and running the defense. I don't know who that would be, but there yeah. is a lot of appeal to something like that. Well, when, when, it was, when all the smoke was coming out of the lane camp, um, there's a lot of Charles Kelly hype. I wonder, I don't know why that would be dependent on lane coming. So maybe Charles Kelly who's either linebackers or DBs coach at, at Alabama. He is safety and associate defensive coordinator. Okay, great, great recruiter. Seems like he's got a lot of high energy. Players love him. So if I had to pick right now, I would either, I would probably say Charles Kelly. And then there's a lot of people that don't like this. I would love T-Will back as DC. We'll see what that happens. We'll see if that happens or not. Um Getting a few people asking about the player's thoughts on this. Every time I had a conversation with a player or somebody close to a player, they only really talked about Kiffin and Dion. The offensive guys slanted more towards um, Kiffin, and then the defensive guys, they all almost unanimously wanted primetime, which makes sense, which makes sense. Once again, primetime I don't think was ever legitimate. I think it was just a fan thing, a very exciting option, but I don't think it was ever a real option there and so and i would text i would reach out to a few of them but the iron balls in a few hours so i'm not going to do that <laughs> but yeah they're they're a little distracted right now and yeah no they don't need to be right thinking about said. this they need to be focusing on on pulling off an awesome win today so hopefully they do it um if anybody else has questions let us know we'll go live for a few more minutes um sorry i'm why is this about this real quick yeah you're good why is this not possibly smoke? I guess it could be. I guess it could be, but it, it lines up with Kiffin staying at Ole Miss. Um, and you, Thamel, Thamel, you may not like the guy, but 
when he tweets this out, he, it's it's pretty much done typically. Here, here's my question about how do we know if this is not smoke? Why would you need smoke after Old Miss season's finished and you have a built-in reason to not announce on Auburn's side because you don't want to take away attention from Cadillac Williams? It would be a lot of extra work that you don't need. There's no need to do it because everybody understands. They may not agree, but they understand we're not going to do anything on our end until Cadillac is finished and has had his chance to coach the Iron Bowl. So this would just be a lot of extra work that you don't need to do. Yeah. Don says, tell me why we should be excited about Hugh Freeze possibly being our next head coach. He won an Ole Miss. You know, the, the big argument for Kiffin was he won 10 games at Ole Miss. And if you can do that at Ole Miss, imagine what you can do at Auburn. That is still applicable with Freeze. And then he's won at Liberty. Um, he's been able to beat teams with a Liberty roster that Auburn could not beat Arkansas a few weeks ago, for example. Um, and he's been able to beat Nick Saban, which Auburn fans love. Probably put a little too high value on if you've beaten Saban or not, but it is what it is. I think those are the reasons, Don. Um, and, if, and if you want to focus on off-the-field stuff, I, I can't help you there. I mean, everybody's going to have different different opinions and different you know feelings about how long it's been and things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's it, Don. You know, a lot of folks, Don, believe that there's um, – that he's going to bring a lot to the table from a recruiting aspect. Mm-hmm. I'm a little hesitant. As we've talked about, Lindsay, I'm a little more hesitant on that front than some people are, but a lot of people really believe in his ability to recruit. I think NIL is going to help the state of our NIL. Again, I think a lot of it depends on the assistant and the coordinator hires as far as bulking that up. Um, but as far as what Freeze brings, he took Ole Miss to number three in the country. There are three coaches that have beaten a Nick Saban coach team in back-to-back years. Les Miles, Steve Spurrier, and Hugh Freeze. He took took them to top 10 finishes in the AP poll twice at Old Miss. And against teams of similar talent, G5 teams, while he was at Liberty, it's 31-5. So he won the games he was supposed to win. He won games he wasn't supposed to win and was competitive for the entire season and in the conference. I mean, that, that's, that's what you need at Auburn. You need somebody who can raise the floor yeah. from where it is to where the floor is contending for the division versus the floor being what it was when we fired Brian Harson. Yeah, uh, and then I think there's another angle of it. Like, the fan base is split on Robbie Ashford, right? I think Robbie Ashford has a ton of upside. I don't think he's a great passer, but I think a scheme, uh, I think a Hugh Free scheme could help Robbie a ton as a passer. We all know what his ability is running the ball. It's special. So we'll see what that looks like. We'll see if Hugh Freeze wants to bring in someone. I think quarterbacks will want to play for Hugh Freeze. I think Malik Willis is a good example of that. Um, so bring in another guy, have some competition between assuming no one leaves, have some competition between a new quarterback, Robbie Ashford, Zach Calzada, Holden Gurner. Like, that's exciting. There's nothing to not like about all of that. Um, Christian asked another question. Is there any way this deal with Freeze doesn't go through? I hope it doesn't go through. It's, uh, it's probably going to, Christian. As Lindsay said, the process of getting it approved to the board 
I don't think that process is going to begin until after the Iron Bowl this evening. Um, but once it goes through and becomes formal, like Hugh Freeze is going to accept it. So I don't, I don't know why it wouldn't go through. I think the only reason that it would not go through would be if for some reason Hugh Freeze or John Cohen or both are mistaken as to Greg Sankey's feelings on Hugh Freeze entering the conference and, and Sankey reached out to make his feelings known. Now, I don't expect that to happen from what I understand. Cohen and Sankey have a good relationship and they have and they've spoken during this process. So I imagine that's already been covered. But I think the only way this doesn't happen is if Greg Sankey deliberately and intentionally reaches out to try to put a stop to it. And for some reason, we acquiesce to that. And I don't expect that to happen because, again, they have a good relationship. There's no way we got this far without them talking to Greg Sankey. Cam says, I don't see why people aren't happy about Hugh. OMG, I never wanted Lane. Yes, he's good offensively. Does not care about defense. It's 2013-14 all over again. Hugh beating Arkansas was it for me. I mean, I, I remember watching the last five minutes of that Arkansas game. And um, that was a great day of football. That was the same day we played state. And then that's the day that Bama lost to LSU. Like there, a lot happened in those few hours. And one of those was, was, was that, and I was at my neighbor's house, shout out Marcus front of the show. And we talked about like, well, if it's not lane and it's you like the several points in his, uh, in his column. So I mean, that's just amazing to think about. And it's like Brian Harson couldn't win with Auburn's roster. It's just wild to me. Yeah, and looking at the offense he runs, I mean, it's a fun offense. He he simplifies things for the offensive personnel. He uses the run game to open the pass. He allows your mobile quarterback to do a lot of stuff. Uh, he's got concepts like the three-man surface to deal with his own blitz. He uses tempo. It's a very fun offense, and it reminds me a lot of a better version, a more evolved version of what Gus Malzahn did. It's Gus. The, it's what Gus did, but he's his offense has changed a little bit. Exactly. He's rolled with it. Gus is the same stuff in thirteen, and if you're a, if you're a better roster, it'll work. And if not, it's kind of up and down. Yeah, it's like it's like Hugh has adapted a little bit more, which is great. Um, but like the whole thing is predicated on putting guys in motion, or you know, to to get a numerical advantage, and then to make defenders wrong. And so like. Thinking about seeing our tight ends and just having our, our, our tight ends, you know, motion in the backfield to go crack on a, a defensive end for a, like for a read option. Just throw in little wrinkles to sure. things that we haven't necessarily seen. Like it's it's going to be very exciting to watch. Uh, and it's, it's going to be able to be competitive with lesser talent, which at first next year, we are going to have lesser talent. Like we've covered on the show many times because of the offensive line and because of the lack of recruiting. Um, from Brian Harson, so sure, it's going to help you compete quicker, and then the ceiling will be higher once his recruiting classes get in. Peter, with an interesting point here, and Lindsay, I'm going to let you respond to this. this. Is more your world. If McGlenn signs off on freeze, we are golden. McGlenn has a reputation as a hard nosed compliance guy. I, Rich McGlenn has been the person who has navigated Auburn through a lot of these compliance issues that we've had, whether it was Bruce Pearl, whether it was Cam Newton, a lot of different stuff. And so if, if Auburn has gotten this far, and we've been told that Rich McGlynn has been working with Cohen side-by-side side on this entire process. This has sure. been a two-man job. This has not been Cohen by himself. Rich McGlynn and him have been spending all of their time doing this. Right. There's no way it gets this far unless Rich McGlynn 
is comfortable about our exposure compliance-wise and what the SEC feels about the situation. I guarantee you Rich McGlynn has spoken to the conference office. He's spoken to the NCAA compliance office about this. And there's no way it gets as far if Rich McGlynn wasn't okay with it. So if the fact that Rich McGlynn is so involved in this process and it's now coming out, I feel like they've already had this conversation. It's already been vetted. It's already been approved. He's passed the background checks. He's gotten all of the sign-offs that he would need to get from the different levels of the SEC and the NCAA. Looking forward to seeing if it is Hugh, what Auburn's NIL situation looks like. Not from a recruiting standpoint, but all right, we're at 13 million right now with on the victory. Like, does money flood in? I got the impression money would flood in if it was Kiffin or a Lanning or a Dabo or a Dion. Like, if it was any of these other names. This one's probably the least exciting name. Not the worst name as far as, like, I think Q is a good coach. Mm-hmm. Can't stress that enough. I think he's a good coach. But is he going to move the needle as much and get fans to fork money over to the collective as much as a higher rate of some of these other names? I'm kind of not expecting that, Lindsay. I, I'm, I'm still chasing some of this down, but I have heard some whispers about some of the larger boosters that have not given, I guess, to their full capacity that some of them and their feelings behind Hugh Freeze means that some of the money, the larger amounts of money would increase under a Hugh Freeze. Still chasing that down. Don't have enough to put it on Auburn Daily yet. But uh, I know in the past, Jimmy Rain has been a fan of Hugh Freeze. And so, you know, things like that. I believe that the money would increase, whether or not it's the fans or whether it's from boosters. I do feel like the money, the IL money would increase. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to just process it. While we're um, waiting for our final questions, I do want to point out since today is the Iron Bowl, um, AU Shirts does have a fantastic "Not Today" Saban. Ooh, AUShirts.com. AUShirts.com, baby. Let's go. All right. Any more questions or comments or takes that are appropriate? about Hugh Freeze. And it's just going to be it's going to be an interesting few days, Lindsay. I guess we'll know tomorrow probably. I would expect that we will get word about an official offer probably tomorrow. And the way that I could see this working is there's an executive committee, an athletics committee inside the board of trustees. No reason they can't have a conference call tonight and then it go to a virtual meeting with the entire board tomorrow. Mm-hmm. and that offer communicated to Hugh by the end of the day. I would assume if we don't hear on Sunday, we'll hear on Monday with the press conference by the end of the week, if not yeah. soon. Robert is asking if we're actually going to talk about the details of Hugh Freeze's baggage or just call it baggage and move on. Um, Robert, a lot of it happened a long time ago. A lot of it seems like his family has forgiven him. Um, you're saying stuff that happened this summer. I'm unfamiliar with that, but as I learn more, I'll definitely talk about it. But right now I'm not in a place where I can. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I've heard whispers of, of things that people didn't like. I don't know enough about it for us to sit here and discuss it in detail. I'm going to dig into it for Auburn daily. I'm going to go out and kind of look to see what I can find and, and, and write some stuff up about this is, you know, the other side of this potential hire. This is what people are saying. This is the concern. And then try to get a comment from someone in compliance, either on or off the record about 
um, if this has been reviewed and everything. That's something I'm planning on working on today. I'll probably miss half the Iron Bowl for it. Gavin asked, do we really think Q can get us to a championship? I just don't see him getting over the hump. If I had to guess and say, okay, Hugh, in the next five years, does Hugh get Auburn to a championship? I would probably say no. I think given how hard it is to get to the championship game, if you if I was betting, I would bet no. But would I say Auburn's going to be in the playoff in the next five or you know, once it expands? I would say yes. I think Auburn has a chance to make the playoff. And then from there, it's a total crapshoot. I mean, talent is a big part of it. And then luck is a big part of it in a small sample size. And whenever you are somebody who, say, is schematically strong, you know, that kind of stuff evens out over the course of the entire season. Health, uh, you know, injury luck, uh, play calls, things like that. But in the playoffs, it's such a small sample because one injury, think about Texas and losing Colt McCoy in the championship game. Texas probably wins that game if they don't lose Colt McCoy. And so can he win us a championship? If I had to bet, I would say no, not in the next five years. But can he get us to the playoff? I feel confident in the ability for us to bring in recruits, depending on the strength of his assistance, plus his ability to use play calls and, and offensive strategy to mitigate personnel weaknesses and help make up some of the gap that you're going to have talent-wise with a program like an Alabama, with a Georgia, with a Texas A&M. Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, is saying Lane Kiffin's new contract with Ole Miss is expected to be for at least eight years and average $9 million a year, sources tell Sports Illustrated. While the state of Mississippi does not allow public employees to have contracts of more than four years, the deal is run through Ole Miss's private foundation. The, the next week, he clarifies the base contract six years with two rollovers to extend to eight. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some questions about how the private foundation stuff could work in the past. And so um, pretty much it's a Lane's getting $9 million a year to be at Old Miss. We're probably going to pay seven, seven and a half for freeze. And I honestly think we have Hugh freeze longer than Old Miss has Lane Kiffin. I agree with that. I agree with that. Curtis asked, why did, why did they have this come out on Iron Bowl Day to take away from Caddy? First thing, and Caddy would tell you this, the Iron Bowl, from an Auburn standpoint, is about Auburn. It's not about one person. So Caddy would be the first to tell you that. That's a fan thing, and it's great that we all love Caddy. But Caddy wants you to focus on the players and the kids, not him. That's the first thing. The second thing is, like, when, when was it supposed to happen? Like, it was supposed to happen yesterday, but the stuff with Lane didn't go the way we thought it would. And so it's like, is 12 hours a big difference? I, I don't know. Um, if but Lane like, would have, I, don't, I don't know really what was expected there. If Lane would have shot down the Auburn stuff on Thursday night, this probably would have broken on Friday. We would have been talked about on college game day, but it wouldn't have been the primary story, one of the primary stories, mm-hmm. and Caddy would have had his moment. It all kind of comes back to Lane Kiffin and the delays before he fi- we finally decided it wasn't going to work with Lane Kiffin. Caddy I, can have, like, if we go win, Caddy will have plenty of moments. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, he'll have that moment for the rest of his life if he goes out and wins. But Caddy has been very consistent with his messaging. He's doing this for Auburn. He's doing whatever it takes to help Auburn take a step forward. And that's why he's, you know, that's why he's doing this role. His, his word is serve. He said it a million times. Um, 
and, and you don't serve with expecting things in return. That defeats the whole purpose of it. So um, I know it's a fun fan take. Like we got to be there for Caddy, but it's like Caddy wants us to be there for Auburn, right? That's that. That's kind of the whole point of everything that he's doing. And so I don't want that to get lost. Um. All right. I, th- I think TK says it best. Best way to um to wrap this up. Beat Bama. Go crazy, Cadillac. We'll have you updated every step of the way, every day on Locked on Auburn, both wherever you get your podcast, and of course, right here on YouTube as we are live. Lindsay, how, how can people check out everything that you have going on, my friend? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Uh, my show, Locked on It'll Be Prospects, not that it matters, is available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. You can find the Auburn writing, auburndaily.com, and the merch, aushirts.com. Yeah, be sure to check out aushirts.com. Not today, Saban. Have a great Iron Bowl, everyone. We will see you tomorrow morning, Sunday morning, right here on Locked On Auburn.